Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be back. I'm Father Chris uh, here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, and we are grateful to have you with us on such an important day of grace. First of all, this is the true date of the Epiphany, January the 6th. This is um, Three Kings Day. It used to celebrate so much more. We now, uh, including the baptism, the wedding at Cana, uh, and the Nativity. Now we celebrate it as Three Kings Day, and that is today, even though in the church it'll be transferred to Sunday Mass tomorrow, but it's also First Saturday. What a great time for you to begin or continue your first five Saturdays, and that's what we're going to lead you today. And this is a talk I have been wanting to do for a long time. This is fully approved apparition that you've never heard of called Coapa. This is Our Lady of Nicaragua. And this is critically important because of its connection to Fatima and what Our Lady says about World War III. So you might see on the title of the slide, World War III, question mark, what Our Lady tells us heaven wants. So let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you send the Holy Spirit down upon us to bless us, guide us, and protect us in this new year. May Our Lady of Coapa protect the nation of Nicaragua and freedom throughout the world. And we ask that we heed these warnings to avoid a great war, a World War III, and rather turn to the rosary. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, some of you might remember, <clears throat> we had a special employee named Mark Massery, um, who a couple years ago, um, his life tragically ended. And um, we've, in his honor, kept his work alive. And so the very first article I want to reference is his article called, Who Was Our Lady of Quapa? And this was one on our website, thedivinemercy.org, in 2018. And um, let's go through this because this apparition is one of the most critically important, fully approved, but one you've probably never heard of. And so what happened? All right. There was a man. Now, what's surprising about this apparition is many apparitions are to children. This one was not. This was a... Um, a man named Bernardo Martinez. And since he was a child, he always wanted uh, to work as a sacristan. Now, this is Brother Alex's hero, our, our, our sacristan here, Brother Alex. So if you know Brother Alex, you'll know he's super sacristan. And, um, and so Brother Alex was just talking to me this morning about uh, Bernardo Martinez. Now, what's interesting was he was 49 years old, not a child. So let's go to our next slide. On the evening of, this is now April of 1980, uh, and this is a picture of him right here. Uh, that's him at the time of the apparition, 49 years old, handsome guy, right? In 1980, he went to ring the bell to alert the parish in rural Nicaragua to pray the rosary. Now, when he entered the church, he noticed that there was a light glowing around the statue of Our Lady. And when he got closer, he realized that the light wasn't around the statue. The light was coming from the statue. 
all right? And, and so that's what really was surprising. Now, the true apparitions of Mary actually began in May, and you're gonna see the connection to Fatima. They went from May to October, once a month, just like Fatima went May to October, once a month. But now we're in 1980, and we're gonna show you these amazing connections. So on May 8th, 1980, Bernardo was on his way home from fishing. So Brother Mark and I, that sounds like us, right? But Our Lady never appeared to Brother Mark and I when we came home from fishing. So, <clears throat> but he saw flashes of lightning and uh, suddenly there was a beautiful woman who appeared floating on a cloud. This was the first actual appearance of Mary. Again, very similar to the other apparitions I have told you about. Now the lady opened her arms and rays of light came. Now let's go to our next slide. Here's a drawing of it. And she said to him, I come from heaven. I am the mother of Jesus. Now, she identified herself. Unlike a lot of apparitions, she flat out identified herself to this adult male. Now, she said she wanted people to pray the rosary every day because the tradition had become only the month of May. People were then, after Vatican II, were downplaying the rosary and they had started praying it only in the month of May. She's saying, uh-uh, every month, and in fact, every day. But here's what she addressed. She said, I want you to do it at a set time. That's why we Marians have a set time. We pray it every day before evening prayer at five o'clock here. Now, for me, I have a set time that I do it privately because of my work duties, uh, but everybody should try to pick a time and that helps avoid distraction because every day you set aside that time to pray it. And so Our Lady really addressed distractions, which I find is, 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 is pertinent because a lot of times I hear people confess in the confessional distraction during prayer, even though it's not a sin, but it helps to show you you need to focus. Now, she wanted people not to rush through it. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Guilty. Sometimes if I'm trying to catch flights and I'm running between gates, Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Hail Mary, full of grace. And I'm like, I got to get it in. I got to get it in before my next uh, event or my next uh, appointment. So, wow, Our Lady, I am guilty of that. And so she warned people not to rush through it, but to recite it. And she told them how to do it. Every time you pray the rosary, you need to meditate on Scripture. Now, here's what's really interesting and why I picked this talk for today. Let's go to our next slide is she also encouraged the first five Saturdays. That's why we're here today. And she really encouraged now in Nicaragua in 1980, what was mentioned at the Fatima with Saint Lucy, uh, Sister Lucia, the first five Saturdays. She said the same thing as in Fatima. She said, if people do not change, they will hasten the arrival of a third world war. First thing she said, if you do not change, there will be a third world war. And I, have we ever been closer to that than we are right now? Maybe the Cuban Missile Crisis possibly, but that was really just US and Russia. Right now we're looking at a whole global problem and so anyway, this was the same warning at Fatima, because remember, 
Our Lady said, if you don't change, this was during the First World War, a second great war is going to happen, a greater war. And it did. Now she's saying the exact same thing. World War II has already passed, but she's saying if you don't change, another greater war is going to happen. Now a third world war. This is the first apparition that I have seen where Mary has mentioned World War III. And now we are in that peril. <clears throat> and so in, in this vision on June 8th, 1980, Bernardo witnessed the history of the rosary. What she said is the answer to avoid third world war. What's the answer to not have World War III? She tells us it's the rosary according to heaven. Now here's what's fascinating. He witnessed the history of the rosary unfold before him. He saw a procession. Mary told him, just like Fatima, look to the sky. What did Mary tell the children in Fatima? Look into the sky, right, for the miracle of the sun. So she tells Bernardo, same thing in Fatima that she told the children. But now in Nicaragua, she's saying, look up to the sky. He sees a procession of saints. Now, you know what's interesting about that? This is the connection because I personally believe the greatest Marian apparition, not in terms of the message, that's Fatima, but in terms of awe was Einselden. And you all know I'm leading a pilgrimage there in April. <clears throat> when I gave that talk a while ago, I said, I got to get there before I die. Well, I am. And I'm leading a pilgrimage there. Uh, it's, it's to Einselden, which is Switzerland, uh, Bavaria, Austria, Switzerland in April of this year. I think I said next year, April of this year, 2024. And I think it was the greatest single apparition in the history of the church. <clears throat> and in it was a procession of all the saints. It's the only time I ever heard of that until this one. So I'm getting ready two minutes literally before this talk and Mary Kay comes up to me, Father Chris, or somebody wants to meet you really quick. And I look at my watch, I'm like, I got two minutes before, or five minutes before the talk starts. And this lady, came up and handed me Our Lady of Einselden, not knowing the topic of my talk today. And she said, Father, we were there, and, and she handed me the little statue of Our Lady of Einselden and the book on it, which we'll be going to. This all connects. The greatest apparition, in my opinion, where Our Lady and the whole procession of saints from the heavenly court appeared in that little chapel followed by Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace who came and celebrated Mass. The exact same thing happened here. She saw, or he, Bernardo, saw a procession of saints. And it was led this time by St. Dominic, the Dominicans. They were dressed in white, praying the rosary while meditating on Scripture. This is the key to avoid distractions. This is Our Lady telling us to get ready to learn how to pray the rosary because the rosary is the antidote to avoid World War III. So you see this big picture here? Our problem facing us is our sin is ready to cause World War III. Heaven is warning us to pray the rosary. Many of us pray the rosary mechanically, quickly, distracted, not the right way, just reciting a bunch of Hail Marys. So now Our Lady is giving us the answer to how to pray it. And she's also going to tell us in a second here how the rosary is biblical. Now, then these apparitions started happening once a month. So let's jump ahead to the September apparition 
Our Lady appeared again in the sky, but this time she appeared as a young girl. That's not common with Our Lady. Not common. Very unique. And Bernardo told her that the townspeople wanted to build a church there in her honor. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Mary said, well, Father, this goes against everything you teach us. The Lord does not necessarily want a material church. He wants living temples, which are yourselves. Now, when you hear that, Father, that goes against everything you've taught us for four years. No, it doesn't. Our theologian, Chris Sparks, had a great answer upon doing research. So I put our theologian, Chris Sparks, on this, and he came back and he says, it's clear that the meaning of Our Lady's words is it connects this statement to preparation for persecution. It's already happening in China. You know what it is? The underground church. The underground church. So what Our Lady is saying is you got to put the church in your heart because there may come a time where you don't have material churches. It may get that bad. It's happening in North Korea. It's happening in China. They got to go underground. There are no material churches. <clears throat> She's not saying you don't need material churches. If you've got the freedom to have the material church, that is what you should do. But there are going to be places that don't have the freedom for the material church, and you got to put the church in your heart. This is the connection of Fatima and Nicaragua, Our Lady of Nicaragua. This one here, Cuapa, is because it's about what Our Lady said of communism. In, in Fatima, what happened? Our Lady warned of communism, and right after it happened, the Russian Revolution, which brought the errors of communism. Now, what is 1980 in Nicaragua? You all remember, as I do as a kid, the Contras and the Sandinistas. What happened? At that exact time in Nicaragua, the Sandinistas were rising to power, a radical socialist communist group that was taking over. So guess what? John Paul II, our pope, not being political, but yes, being political, went down there. And he came there in the early 80s. And as he was celebrating mass, the Sandinistas came in and were heckling him and mocking him. Father Kaz and I were just talking about this. He has a great understanding of history. I learned so much in, in, in some seminary and my brothers that that's why I like to share with you on these live streams. So John Paul, all these Sandinistas were there. He called them out. He chastised them. And he spoke about freedom freedom and the evils of what Russian communism will do. This connects to Fatima. This whole time, the Sandinistas in the Contra, and remember the Iran-Contra scandal with Ali North and, and was it Reagan, I think? Yeah. And so <clears throat> this was all going on. <clears throat> and so this is what Our Lady was warning about. But Chris Sparks was talking about the preparation for persecution. The only place that we are certain to find God if worse comes to worse and the church has to go underground is in the hearts of the people in a state of grace. You got to be in a state of grace. You got to have God here. This is the tabernacle. This is where the church will be if your material church closes. What happened during COVID? The material church is closed. 
What happened to the church? If it wasn't in the hearts of the people, it'd be gone. That's what Our Lady's talking about. About not necessarily a material church. They can close those. But you want to be a living temple yourself. That's what this Our Lady means. People look at this and they say, oh, that means we don't need it, Father. We don't need the church. Yes, you do. It has to be here in the heart. This connection is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's so clear that why the world doesn't see it, why, our, why the Holy See is not standing up and shouting this from the rooftops. Instead, we're worried about all these distractions. Talk about distractions during the rosary. This is what we're talking about. So let's keep going now. On October 13th, notice that date, Bernardo received the final apparition of Mary, just like Fatima, telling her that many didn't believe in her. So here goes Bernardo. She appears October 13th. He tells her, not many people believe in you. What does Mary do? What is Mary's response? She cried. Our Lady cried. And Bernardo felt terrible and asked for her forgiveness. So let's go to our next slide. <clears throat> let's take a look at our next slide. And so um, this year, Our Lady again encouraged him to pray the rosary. All right? And she told him that the people should not just ask for peace. Because remember, what was the key in Fatima? <clears throat> Asking for peace. And she said, do not pray for peace unless you are striving for it in your own heart. Again, your heart is the key. And if your heart is hardened, go to Mass, get a heart transplant. <laughs> because in every Eucharistic miracle that is tested, the, 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 the host is human heart tissue. You've heard me say before, when the priest lifts the chalice and the patent with the Eucharist on it and says, the Lord be with you and, and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Guess what? Lift up your heart. Give him your old stony heart because you're ready to get a heart transplant. When you receive Holy Communion, you are getting the actual heart of Jesus. How do I know it's the heart of Jesus? Yesterday we celebrated the sacred heart. What is the heart of Jesus? We know from the Eucharistic miracle, scientific testing of every Eucharistic bleeding miracle that it's human heart tissue. It all connects. This is our faith. And this is why we need to listen to what Mary is saying. And I'm humbly trying to be that instrument with the big mouth, trying to get people to, to, to hear and listen. And so again, this isn't my message. This is the message of, of the church. And so I'm just repeating that. Now, <clears throat> she said, don't ask for peace if you're not striving to make it yourself. Mary said, all we need to do, and, and she said, this is key here, is accept the suffering of the world and ask for strength to carry your cross. Instead of condemning the suffering, ask for the strength to carry. Remember St. Faustina said, Lord, I don't ask you to take me off of the cross I just ask that you give me the grace to remain steadfast upon it. Wow. All right. Though she said that she would no longer be appearing to him, Mary told him, do not be troubled. I am with you. Even though you can't see me, I am here. I am the mother of all. And so this apparition, all of this, Our Lady of Coapa was approved by the Bishop um, of Managua in 1982. So only two years and this is fully approved. Now, let's go on to our next slide. This is Father Don Calloway's book, great book, highly recommend it, Champions of the Rosary. So I went to that book, and, and Father or, uh, Chris Sparks helped show me this, 
Father Don talks about this in Champions of the Rosary. And he said, Our Lady of Coapa provides the clearest insight of all the Marian apparitions into how heaven views the rosary and the origin of the rosary. Fascinating. Now, he points out that in May 1980, Mary began, as we said, appearing to 49-year-old sacristan Bernardo uh, Martinez in rural Nicaragua. So this is all what we said before. He was a simple man. Gosh, just like Juan Diego, poor, not well-educated. This is common. Like I said, Our Lady of, of, of uh, Guadalupe, same um, South and Central America. Mary showed him a vision. Actually, Mexico's North America. Um, Mary showed him a vision of the origin of the rosary, which he didn't know about. So he was transformed by these messages and seeing that procession of all the saints in heaven praying the rosary. But he was so moved by it. Guess what? He became a priest. Now, it was funny because he was ordained in 1995. So this is a recent event, and he was ordained at the age of 64. Now, a lot of people are turned down. When I first started discerning, I was only in my 30s, and people said I was too old. And we Marians, praise be to God for the brokenness, but yet the faithfulness of the Marian fathers. you know, we ordained Father Ron McBride at 69 years old. 69 years old. And he said, Father Ron, the Lord still has many miles on you. He's got, he's got you. And so anyway, he was ordained at age 64. Now he died only five years later in the year 2000. So he got to be a priest for five years. Now, Mary informed him that she was not pleased, and this we're going to go back to this now, when the rosary was prayed mechanically in a rushed manner. And she recommended praying the rosary with the aid of the Bible. Okay. So he confessed to her that he was unaware that the rosary was biblical and asked her to tell him where he could find it in the Bible. How many times have you heard that? Where's the rosary in the Bible? And I laugh because her answer was very good. She first of all directed him to look in the Bible. Like, I'm not just going to give you the answer here. It's there. Now the whole entire rosary is in the Bible. The first chapter of Luke is the Hail Mary. If you haven't heard my talks, you can find them on this channel. I explain every line of the Hail Mary, how it's in the Bible. Even pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Because the first part is the words of Gabriel. The second part is the words of Elizabeth. And the last part is in the book of Revelation. And I point that out. Now, she talked about where it is in the Bible. Now, what's the rosary? You've heard me say this before. I just got home from visiting my mom. She's in the hospital. And my dad said that he's been praying the rosary for her. And my dad's not a big prayer guy, and he's been praying the rosary for him. We were driving to the hospital praying the rosary together. It was, it was a huge amount of grace. And I always tell the story about when I was a kid, uh, my mom and I were packing. We were moving from Utah to Michigan, and I was just more getting in the way than I was helping. And I found some string of beads. I was like seven, I remember. Not even, I think it was five. And there was a string of beads And I said to my mom, what's this? And she says, oh, they call it a rosary, but nobody prays that anymore. So this is after Vatican II. And she says, but nobody prays it anymore. And I said, should I throw it away? 
And she thought about it and she says, no, why don't you keep it? Well, fast forward 30 years, I come back from seminary and there's my mom praying on that same rosary. And, and she was praying on it. But my mom was praying it as I always tell the story. Hail Mary for the grace of the Lord is with thee. Hail Mary for the grace of the Lord is with thee. And I said, mom, 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 what are you doing? You know, uh, she says, well, what, what, what? And I said, mom, the, the rosary is not a bunch of Hail Marys. It's meditation on scripture. And that's when my mom came up with that classic line. She says, wait a minute. I heard that every time that you say a Hail Mary, it's like shooting a bullet into the devil. So this is my machine gun. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And, and I was like, Mom, you have a good point there. But the rosary is not a bunch of Hail Marys. It's meditation on scripture. So what did Mary say in Quapa? Mary told us where to find the rosary in the Bible. Where? Where is it? Well, the Hail Mary is in the first chapter of Luke. Words of of uh, Gabriel, words of Elizabeth. Now, what about the rest of it? Think about this for a second. Every single one, even if you use a luminous mysteries, let's go through these really quick. Go through them. Start with the joyful. Okay, you start with the joyful. The Annunciation, Gabriel, in the Bible. The Visitation of Mary to Elizabeth, in the Bible, the second mystery. The third mystery, the birth of our Lord, of course that's in the Bible. The fourth mystery, the presentation in the temple, that's in the Bible. The fifth mystery, of the joyful mysteries is the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. That's in the Bible. Complete every one of the mysteries of the joyful. Let's go to the luminous, the life of Jesus. So the joyful is about the birth of Jesus. The luminous is the life of Jesus. All right. First joyful, uh, I'm sorry, first luminous is the baptism of Jesus. That's in the Bible. What's the second luminous? The manifestation of our Lord at the wedding feast of Cana. That's in the Bible. What is the third luminous? The proclamation of the kingdom and the call to conversion. That is the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes, that is in the Bible. What's the fourth luminous mystery? The transfiguration on Mount Tabor with Elijah and Moses, that's in the Bible. What's the fifth luminous mystery? The Eucharist, the institution of the Eucharist, that's the entire chapter, John 6. So luminous is in the Bible. Let's go to the death of our Lord, the sorrowful mysteries. The first is, uh, uh, is let's see, do luminous, yeah, sor sorrowful, right? Yeah, sorrowful. Sorrowful mystery. What's the first one? Agony in the garden. Talks about that in the Bible. That is Jesus sweating blood. Second, joy, uh, uh, <laughs> sorrowful. Second sorrowful mystery. The scourging at the pillar. That's in the Bible. Jesus was scourged for our sins of the flesh. Third is the um, crowning with thorns. That is in the Bible. The fourth, Jesus carries his cross. That is in the Bible. The fifth, the the crucifixion and death of our Lord. That is in the Bible. Let's finish now with the glorious mysteries. The first glorious mystery, the resurrection. That is in the Bible. The second glorious mystery, the ascension of our Lord into heaven. That is in the Bible. The third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit on Mary and the apostles of Pentecost. That is in the Bible. Now, I finish with the last two. Well, those aren't in the Bible. What's the fourth glorious mystery? The assumption of our lady into heaven. You know what it is in the Bible? Revelation chapter 12. The lady in the heavens. And the fifth one, the coronation of Mary as queen of heaven and earth. How dare you be heretical and blaspheme? Well, you might want to look at the Davidic kingdom. Who was the queen? The mother of the king. And Jesus is the king. King of what? Heaven and earth. He's the king. And so it makes sense that his mother is the queen. 
all of the rosary, and this is what Our Lady pointed out to Bernardo. This is scriptural. Now, how to pray it is you meditate on scripture. You don't just recite, uh, mechanically say a bunch of Hail Marys. That's why non-Catholics criticize us for this. If you're meditating on scripture, it's a Bible on beads. It's a Bible on beads. And so this is what is very, 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 very powerful. Now, um, let's keep going here. Uh, now, Mary then instructed Bernardo to renew the practice of the first five Saturdays devotion. Okay, and so he, we talked about this. Now, during the second vision in June, so May was the first, then June, he was shown the history of the rosary, as I mentioned. And when he looked up into the sky, as I talked about, just like Fatima, he saw something like a movie. And this is what I was mentioning earlier. He witnessed a large procession of saints dressed in white, singing joyfully and beautifully. And at the head of the procession were the early Christians, then the catechumens, then the martyrs. And then followed that was a group of saints dressed in white and carrying rosaries that were lit, luminous rosaries in their hands. The rosaries had white beads and gave off a very bright light. Now, and it's an exact words, I'm going to read you the exact words of Bernardo that he wrote down. These are translated from his exact words. He said, one of the saints dressed in white in the procession carried, carried a large open book. He would, and <clears throat> he would read, and let's see if I missed something here. Okay. Um, he would read, and after listening, the other silently meditated. Those are the mysteries I just read you. They appeared to be as if in prayer. After this period of prayer and silence, they then prayed the Our Father and ten Hail Marys. This is the saints in heaven. He said, I prayed with them. When the rosary was finished, Our Lady said to me, these are the first ones to whom I gave the rosary, the Dominicans. And guess where we Marians go to seminary? The Dominicans. The Dominican House of Studies. That's where I went to seminary, along with Holy Apostles. That is the way that I want all of you to pray the rosary. I answered the lady that, yes, we would. Afterwards, I saw a third group, all of them dressed in brown robes. Now we got brown robes. But these I recognize as being Franciscans. Always the same with rosaries and praying. As they were passing, um, after having prayed, our lady again told me, these receive the rosary from the hands of the first ones. That means the tradition of the church. It goes, it's handed down. After this, a fourth group was arriving. It was a huge procession, and they were all dressed in lay clothing. Guess who they are? You, the laity. It was such a big group that it would be impossible to count them. Now it was like an army in size, and they carried rosaries in their hands. This is you, the laity. The above account is extremely important for the history of the rosary. Why? Let's look at our next slide. This is St. Dominic. That's St. Dominic, who Mary gave the rosary. Although he's not named, it's obvious that he was the one at the beginning of the procession. Let's go to our next slide. This is the Dominican friars. Um, that the Franciscans and all others received the rosary from. 
This is Dominican House of Studies. Those are the Dominicans where I went to seminary. It's one of the most solid seminaries in the United States. And that's where we get the rosary from. And so this is powerful stuff. I know I'm running out of time, but let's finish here with the, um, a good friend of mine, Joseph uh, Pranichin. He uh, writes for EWTN and, and uh, our, uh, what is it, National Catholic uh, Register. Let's go to our next slide. Here's how he describes Mary. This is Our Lady of Coapa. This is her, this is her image. Now, let's keep the image up, if Brother Mark can keep the image up. This is how she's described. Mary appeared on a white cloud, her dress long and white. Look at that. Beautiful. She had a celestial cord around her waist, long sleeves. Covering her was a veil of a pale cream color with gold embroidery along the edge. Her hands were held together over her breast. It looked like the statue of Fatima. He said that. I was immobile. I had no inclination to run or to yell, I, but I felt no fear. So he described Mary, how she extended her arms. Then he mentioned it was just like the miraculous medal, which before then I had never seen. He saw the miraculous medal later. From her hands emanated rays of light stronger than the sun, just like the miraculous medal. Same thing here. How beautiful, because after she was folded like Fatima, she reached her hands out like this, like the miraculous medal. It's all connected. This is why they're the approved apparitions. Now, what happened is awesome. So Our Lady, in her first apparition at Fatima, Lucia described how Our Lady opened her hands to the children. And quote, this is what Lucy said were bathed in a heavenly light that appeared to come directly from her hands. The light's reality cut into our hearts and our souls. And listen to this. This I never knew. What is that light? What is that light coming from the hands of Mary? Lucy tells us. And we knew somehow that this light was God. Wow. And we could see ourselves and we embraced in it. This is the connection, miraculous metal, Fatima, Our Lady of Coapa. So then Bernardo asked her name and she answered me with the sweetest voice I have ever heard in any woman. She said, her name is Mary. I come from heaven and I am the mother of Jesus, as we said before. And so he asked what she wanted. And just like Fatima, she told him, I want the rosary prayed every day. I want it to be prayed permanently within the family, including children old enough to understand, to be prayed at a set hour so that there are no problems or distractions. That's our problem. We're not doing that. So let's watch, um, you know what, I'm going to skip the video due to time, uh, but I had a video on here that, that really kind of just summarized this whole thing, but I'm running out of time. Um, so we'll put it up on our website when we post this later. But anyway, Bernardo said that she told me that the Lord does not like prayers that we make in a rush or mechanically. Uh-oh. Because he gets a lot of those from me. So Lord, help me with that. Mary said to pray the rosary, reading the biblical citations that we just went through, every mystery, 
and that we put into practice what we read, the word of God. And he asked what biblical citations that I said, and she told him uh, the ones that I just read you. Then our lady continued, love each other, comply with your obligations, make peace, and don't ask our Lord for peace if you're not making it in your own heart. We mentioned that. So our lady told uh, the children at Fatima, continued to say the rosary to obtain peace of the world and an end of the war, because only she can obtain that. If you do what I tell you, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. Hmm, the answer for today. Now, there was a lot going on in Nicaragua at the time. We just mentioned about the Sandinistas. Let's look at our next slide. This is the actual photo from the earthquake that happened just before this apparition in 1972. And Our Lady said, quote, Nicaragua has suffered much since the earthquake. This is an actual picture of that earthquake. She will continue to suffer, meaning Nicaragua, she will continue to suffer if you don't change. Pray, pray, my son. The rosary for all the world. Tell believers and non-believers that the world is threatened by grave dangers. I ask the Lord to appease his justice, but if you don't change, you will hasten the arrival of the third world war. We are standing on that precipice right now. We are standing on the edge and Mary's giving us the answer to how to avoid World War III. Not just pray the rosary, you hear that all the time, but pray the rosary with the Bible. Pray it without being distracted. Focus on the biblical mysteries. And so, you know, in the July apparition at Fatima, here's what Mary said. This war, World War I, will end. But if men do not refrain from offending God, another and more terrible war will begin. He's about to punish the world with war, and he did. That was World War II. And with hunger and by the persecution of the church and the Holy Father. That's happening right now. Now, on July 8th, Bernardo wrote that she told him to pray for Nicaragua and the world, the whole world, because the serious dangers that threaten it and a possible third world war. This is the apparition we should be listening to. Again, this all echoes Fatima because the lack of peace um, when, when, when heaven's directives are ignored. And right now they're being ignored. And so I'm, I'm wrapping up. I got five minutes left. On, on September the 8th, at the place of these apparitions, Our Lady directed Bernardo, restore the sacred temple of the Lord. What's the sacred temple of the Lord? You. You. In you is the gratification of the Lord. Yes, we have the tabernacle. Yes, we need this church. But there will come a time where this church may be closed. Not this shrine. I'm not closing this shrine for anything. They'll have to kill me before I kill, close this shrine. And so, yes, definitely, this is very important that we do this. And so, but there are places, as I said, and it's coming here. The, the, the church may have to go underground, if not for speaking the truth. That's probably going to be one of the biggest. Um, before leaving, Our Lady told Bernardo that she was going to return on October the 13th, again, the last time. And <clears throat> he last wrote that Mary appeared 
and extended her hands and rays of light came from her hands and reached all of us. That is God. <sighs> he continued, she raised her hands to her breast, just like Fatima. In a similar, well, he says that, in a similar position to the statue of our late, oh, check this out. Not only do we have the connection with the statue of Fatima, but listen to what Bernardo said. She raised her hands to her breast in a similar position to the statue of Our Lady of Sorrows. Well, what are you doing now, Father? You're throwing in more. Well, get this. Mary appeared at Fatima as Our Lady of Mount Carmel and Our Lady of Sorrows. It all connects. And he said, it was just like Our, Our Lady of Sorrows. Her face turned pale. Her mantle changed to a gray color. Her face became sad and she cried. I cried too. I trembled to see her like that. Now remember, in Fatima, on October the 13th, as I just said, she appeared as Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and Our Lady of Sorrows. It's all connected. When Bernardo asked why she was crying, she answered, it saddens me to see the hardness of people's hearts. Again, come get a heart transplant. Hardened hearts, lift them up to the Lord. Then go to Holy Communion. You receive the actual heart of Jesus, literally. Get a heart transplant. And she said, but you will have to pray for these people so they will change. This is our job. For those who are not changing themselves, you got to change them. Does a baby change itself when it messes its diaper? No. And these sinners are babies in the faith. They have no developed faith. They are babies in the faith. What do you have to do? You got to change their diaper. You got to help change them. This is the message. At Fatima, in October 13th, Our Lady told the children, people must amend their lives and ask for pardon for their sins. They must not offend our Lord anymore. He is already too much offended. Basically, she's paying people must change. That's the whole issue with this blessing. I have sent a letter out that our priests are not to bless sin or the sinful relationship or those who are trying to use it as a political statement. Now, any individual that wants to come, no matter what their sin, and wants to be blessed to give the grace to change, absolutely. So we're not being disobedient to the church. That was in the responsum of the official magisterium document of 2021 that said we cannot bless same-sex unions said it. So now we bless the sinner, not the sin. Now, earlier at Fatima in July, Our Lady, also in a similar way, said, make sacrifices for sinners and say often, especially while making the sacrifice, O Jesus, this is for the love of thee, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the offenses committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. What is that that I just read? It's the Chaplet of Divine Mercy and First Saturdays. In atonement for our sins and the sins of the whole world, that's the Chaplet. And in make reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, that's First Saturdays. That's why we Marians, despite our brokenness, despite our idiot, sometimes how we are dumb, I'm the first and foremost, God is using us as broken tools because this is what the Marians are trying to do for you to bring this to the world as best we can. It's just a remnant out there. We know we're not going to get 35 billion YouTube views like a cat burping. We, we, we don't get that. 
but we will reach the remnant. Okay, and so returning then finally to Kuapa, that October 13th visit of Our Lady continued in the same way as Fatima. She said, fulfill your obligations. Now in Fatima, Lucy said what? What is your obligation? What is your number one obligation? She said at Fatima, do your daily duties being faithful to God. So be the best husband you can be. Be the best wife you can be. Be the best son or daughter that you can be. If you're called to the religious life, be the best religious you can be. If you're called to the single life, be like the Bible and dedicate every waking moment to the Lord. And so put into practice the word of God. That is why the Catholic faith teaches that faith without works is dead. This is the gospel of James. Now, not meaning works of the law, works of love. And so Our Lady said, ask for faith in order to have the strength so that each can carry his own cross. The sufferings of this world cannot be removed. Sufferings are the cross with which you must carry. That is the way life is. Wow, thanks, Our Lady. <laughs> That's, you know, I appreciate my mom. I remember I came in one day and uh, the neighborhood kid roughed me up at the bus stop. I was in first grade, he was in third. And you know, that's a big difference at that age, you know? And the kid, uh, no, I was in third, he was in fifth. That's what, he was two years older. I was in third, he was in fifth. Much, you know, much bigger. And I came home crying and expecting my mom to grab me and coddle me and that's who my mom was. You know what my mom, I'll never forget it. My mom said, what are you gonna do about it? My mom, what are you gonna do? Are you going to go out there and stand up? Because it was an argument over some, some ethical point. I think I was standing up for another kid on the playground. And this kid roughed me up pretty bad. And my mom says, you got to stand up. You know, there's that song by Kenny Rogers, Coward of the County. And in that song, this man's dad had always told him, you don't have, you, you, you don't have to fight to be a man. And then the three Gatlin boys roughed up his girlfriend and he came back and he went after, he, he came back to the three Gatlin boys and later he looked up and said, Dad, I hope you understand, sometimes you gotta fight to be a man. And I'm not, I am not, I'm not, please don't send me letters. I'm not advocating violence, I'm not. But we gotta stand up and fight for our faith, okay? And so this is the way life is, Mary said. There are problems with your husband, pray for him. There are problems with your wife, pray for her. There are problems with your children. Pray for them. And so talk amongst each other. Converse so that the problems are resolved in peace. Never turn to violence. There you go. Never, never, ever. And so pray if for faith in order that you will have patience. That's for me. Now, to finish, before leaving, she repeated in a way similar to Fatima, a mother never forgets her children. And I have not forgotten what you suffer. I am the mother of you all. You, I am your mother, you sinners. Now, related to that, Our Lady requested that she be beseeched in this way. Holy Virgin, you are my mother, the mother to all of us sinners. Now, here's what's fascinating, and this is the finish. Go to our last slide. Our Lady also gave Bernardo this prayer to pray. It's on your screen. Saint Mary of Victory. That's the kind of stand up for yourself that I was talking about. Favorite daughter of God, the Father, give me your faith. Mother of God, the Son, 
give me your hope. Sacred spouse of God, the Holy Spirit, give me your charity and cover us with your mantle. You know the fab fascinating thing with that? That title, Saint Mary of Victory, was originally the name of the feast that Saint Pius V declared after the victory at Lepanto in 1571. Our Lady of Victory. That's when I played high school football. Our coach would slam them, knock them down. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. And so, so we, would, we would understand that this was an important devotion. Now, this was soon changed, Our Lady of Victory, to what? Chris just got it. Our Lady of the Rosary. And so Our Lady of the Rosary is the title which Mary identified herself at Fatima. This all ties to Fatima, to Our Lady of Coapa, to uh, the miraculous medal, to Our Lady of Sorrows. These are all the approved apparitions. And the message today is very serious. You want to avoid World War III? You got to listen to what Our Lady is saying. Turn back to the rosary. Pray, be faithful in your daily duties. God bless you. I'm running really, really late. But we will now begin the devotions of the first Saturday. Brother Mark's going to power this video down. Please, you're going to lose it. He's going to cut this off. And then we're going to come back and do the first Saturday's devotion. Because what did Our Lady ask for in Nicaragua in 1980? What did Our Lady ask for as Our Lady of Coapa? I just told you, the first Saturdays. And so now we will begin that. I, I, I can't believe all our faith has, that our faith has everything. And so please join us as we do what Our Lady asked us to do with First Saturdays. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Dot org. Thank you, and God bless you.